0: Dawn and Steve are here, and so is February. A leap year month is upon us, and we want to hear from you. 800-555-7898. That's right. 29 days this month. I was working on a a devotional series, um, doing production on that, and realized I've got one extra day this year than I did last year. Yeah, Uh a little bit. Yeah, You know what else is kind of weird?
1: Today is Scott Thunder's birthday. Today is That's his not day. weird. That's yeah. celebratory.
0: Exactly. And mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know, Scott is our boss. And uh, of course, he is not here today because it is his birthday. And it seems like he always decides he's going to disappear on his birthday.
1: It's as if he does not want us to bring in. He doesn't want
0: your party.
1: He does not. I think that's it. He always schedules a trip he's so that He's he, intimidated by your
0: party that you would throw. <laughs> I
1: think that's uh, it. We're going to celebrate him when he gets back. So he can run, <laughs> but he cannot hide. We will celebrate. So happy birthday, Scott Thunder. Should you be listening this morning?
0: I am going to hope that he is not because I (laughs) I think he's on vacation out of the country. And if he is, I hope you're having a good time if you happen to hear this later. But one of the things that uh, I think is interesting is how we can kind of as a church culture, just kind of learn to wink at certain sins, Mm -hmm. not acknowledge them, not think that they're a big deal, and we almost get to this thing of a point of thinking that there are some almost respectable sins in christian christian ministry
1: you think you think i you know you hear that and i and even say that and you go yeah and i see that in other people's lives but when you start looking in the mirror and you start thinking about those sins that you may just let go because you think god is winking at them and you look at scripture and you realize oh no he's serious about this, I think you were talking about the Beatitudes, and I've been in the New Testament as well okay, yep. uh, since the beginning of the year. And when you think about what many of us believe, think health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. Like we, even if you don't believe that, you hope it's true. Like if I do this, God's going to do this, or if I give him my list of this is what I want to accomplish, he's going to sign that blank check or that you know that yeah. that list. And yet, when you go back to God's Word and you see that blessed are the people who follow the Beatitudes, and guess what the end result's going to be?
0: It's persecution.
1: Say that Crazy, again. Right?
0: Persecution. And so we're just starting a study in the Beatitudes in our Wednesday night group at church. And, you know, it starts with blessed are those who mourn. We learn to mourn mm-hmm. our sin, right? Yes. And then we bring those to Jesus and then meekness comes out of that. And eventually we get down the line to forgiveness and to purity and righteousness. And we want those things. We want to be a forgiving people. We want to have purity, to be have pure hearts. We want to live holy and righteous lives, but we won't often do the work or, you know, do the steps that are work. necessary to get there, yes. right? And then once we get there, we think, okay, great. Uh, I'm, there's freedom and there's joy. And, and yes, that is true. But the Beatitudes end with blessed are those who are persecuted. Mm-hmm. If we do those things, it's going to lead to persecution. Because as much as the world uh, may think that there is some good Christian ethic out there, and even that is more and more in question, I think, by the world, um, when we are truly living sold out for Christ, then we look like the unusual one we look like potentially the the one who is sitting in judgment of others
1: you look weird yeah if you're going to really follow after the lord then you look odd and you should i mean and it's okay he talks about that in john that you should look different and they're going to hate you and this is what really gets me jesus says they're going to hate you but don't worry they hated me first right that's crazy if you think about it when we're wanting to live our best life now and have all the things that we want as believers here in the United States. And yet, if we're truly seeking after this humble life, this life that that the Lord has called us to in obedience by the power of his spirit, our flesh is not going to get this accomplished. Right. Not at nope. all. And and yet, you're talking about these respectable sins. And if we start looking at those alone, just these kind of first Maybe five as we look at something that Jen Oshman has put together. See how this works out in your own life. And we'll come back and talk about that in just a minute. Okay. Let's, let's play this song by Lauren Daigle. These are the days as we think about how the Lord is calling us to follow him today. Do we have little sins that we wink at that we think, you know what, that one is okay. It's respectable because we all do it. It's not the big ones. We, you know, we see I don't know murder and drug dealing and uh, sex trafficking and the, just a few of the what we would call the bigs. Yeah, and then we look at these that we might consider lesser than, and then we'll come they and become say, almost
0: acceptable. Yeah, sin yeah. is
1: sin. Do we think that really, or or do we have this this layered? You know, this is one, this is two, this is three. But on down the list at like thirty seven, you might find worry and. Because we all do it, and we all can relate to it, and we are like, eh, I mean, does God really, really care that I worry? Well, does he?
0: he addresses it a lot really in Scripture, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I know worry and fear are not necessarily exactly the same thing, but I think they're related.
1: Oh, yeah, they're they're like cousins, cousins, right? And anxiety.
0: And if we lump all of those things together, well, there's 365 times, at least in Scripture, that we're told (laughs) not to fear and don't worry. And, you know, you could swap out the word anxiety in some of those verses. And it fits just perfectly. And so it's addressed all throughout Scripture. And you think of Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, where, uh, you know, Jesus says, hey, you don't need to be anxious Mm -hmm. about your life. God knows what you need so you can have faith. You seek him, seek his kingdom. He's going to give you what you need.
1: It's fascinating to me as I think about different passages in scripture, not even the whole Bible but different passages. We mentioned the Beatitudes a few minutes ago. We're in the book of James at our church at at the moment. And if we would just pick one passage or one book to truly, with the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're in relationship with him, it all starts with that relationship with Jesus Christ and repenting of our sin and turning to him since he's the one that can give us his righteousness. Then when we've taken that step, The next step is by the power of his spirit, seek after what he's given us in his word. What would happen as the church if we took prayerfully one of these, the Beatitudes, the book of James? We would
0: be that light shining on the
1: hill that scripture talks about, right? It'd be unbelievable. It
0: it really would be.
1: The repentance that that would come, first of all, to our lives. I mean, thinking about this worry thing, we start to hoard our resources, Sure. And not give generously, which is what God asked of us. Give generously. Be wise stewards and show, like, how much you love by giving. And yet when things start to turn, that's the first thing to go is that generous giving. So that in and of itself is one of those things that, I don't know about you, I get really convicted about when I am challenged with that. Because I think, oh, when... When did that turn that (laughs) corner? Like, what happened there? Going from generosity to hoarding, because it's so subtle, but it's worry. Is at the root of that?
0: Yeah, yeah. And one of the other things that I think sometimes we see play out in uh, Christian circles and even maybe within our own ministry is sometimes we can get a little territorial. Oh, yeah. You know, we can look out and we can say, all right, I see that church growing in a really big way, why is my church not? That Sunday school pl- class is exploding. This one's not. And we can even, in some of those bigger churches where they have just exponential growth and so many people coming in and you know they've got tons of people in the seats and the coffers are full and all that, that, there's that fear almost that, well, what if we lose that? How can we get more? And there can be just this element of t- t- territorialism I can say that word. And you know, I, I think that's one of the things is we lose sight of are we building our little kingdom, or are we concerned about building the kingdom of God? And if we really care about building the kingdom of God, then, hey, as long as that person is pursuing Christ, whether they go to my church, my Bible study, my this or my, that," it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Are they following after Jesus and sold out for him? And if so, let's
1: celebrate that.: Yeah. Or parachurch ministries and the territory that we all want, like that's. And if you've not seen this, I hate to break this to you (laughs) because it is one of those ugly little things that we do uh, when we get territorial. Same thing, little K kingdom or big K kingdom, little C church, big C church. There are a few others here that are pretty acceptable by. Uh, the way we act, I think. Yeah. And one of them is gossip and slander. This one is so ugly. And I, I you know, I just spent, th- um, how many days was I gone last week? Like a month. <laughs> yeah, a month and a week.
0: Last week you were gone five days. Yes. This week, just one so far. Just
1: one. Yes. Just one. But I, I was so thankful to be with a group that, Was very intentional about the word choice they made Mm -hmm. when talking about certain circumstances and oftentimes just not even going down that road because it was not going to be beneficial. And yes, there's venting and there's trusting, you know, friends and and believers so that you can talk through some things. And then other times you're just full on gossiping or full on slandering. And prayerfully, we know the difference, but it becomes such a habit we may not notice it anymore. Sure. And therein lies the danger where it becomes this acceptable sin.
0: You know, you think about the fact that if somebody's talking bad about your kids, how do you feel about that? Oh. If somebody's venting about your kids, I'm just venting. But now they're venting about your kids. No. I see mama bear you coming do, out right you? there. <laughs> I did, the, the, you just bowed up. Uh-huh. I, I Watch the body language <laughs> say, oh, not my kids. Oh, no. You're not doing that. You know. When we are talking bad about, when we're gossiping and slandering other believers in Christ, how do you think God feels about us bashing his kids?
1: Mm.
0: You know, sometimes my kids may need to be disciplined. Sometimes my kids may be doing something that I need to be aware of. Sure. There may be behavior, attitudes, things like that, that need to be adjusted, need to be addressed. right? And, and that needs to be done then in the right way. Mm-hmm. And if my kids are acting up, then if a parent comes to me and says, okay, your kids are doing X, Y, Z, then I need, to do, I need to do something about that. I get that. At the same time, if my kids are just being kids and some person just doesn't like the fact that kids are being kids, they're not doing anything wrong. They're not sinning there or whatever. You're, but you, for whatever reason... You just feel the need to to bash them and gossip about them and slander them. Ooh, yeah. Mom's not happy. Dad's not happy. Right. You think God's happy if we're doing that about His kids?
1: It is true. I I think of my mom when I was growing up. My brother and I, we all oh, we were like oil and water. And there were times that I would be like, Mom, da 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 da, and she would say, Don Ray, I can talk about him because he's my son, and I can discipline him, but you cannot. He's your brother, not your son. And I thought that has stuck with me all these years, yeah. even as a sibling. And that's what we are in Christ. Right. We are siblings in Christ. We are not to go after one another. And uh, uh, somebody said something to me a few days ago, like, let the Lord convict that person of that. You don't need to be the one. You're not the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Hmm do I live like that? What acceptable sins do we kind of let permeate our lives? And then it just spills right on into the church since we're members of the church. Got a couple more to share with you as we think through, Lord, how can we live a life that reflects you and not ourselves? It's Don and Steve in the morning, just writing on our Facebook page, sin. (laughs) It's kind of an odd thing in our world to talk about, but it's one that we have like in scripture all throughout that we repent of our sin. We turn to the Lord Jesus because it's sin that brings death into our life. And that's just a guarantee. It's all what what did our um, our friend Wayne Burns would always say. It's bankable. If you do something in increments, little bit, good things, small steps, they add up over time. Well, That's true about sin as well. It it is an absolute truth that the wages of sin is death. Romans talks about that in the Bible. And we all have sin. So what do we do with that? If all we can pay is sin, we turn to Jesus because Jesus says, I will forgive your sin and give you my righteousness, my rightness. And that sinfulness then gets paid for because of what Christ has done on the cross and the power of the resurrection. And then we try to live a life that shows Jesus makes a difference. Yeah. And these acceptable sins that maybe we've taken on in our lives like worry and being territorial in ministry and and then the whole gossip and slander thing. So I'm putting this on our Facebook page. I'm like, do we even recognize anymore sin and how God looks at sin because he's holy.
0: Oh, the big ones. But these other ones, not so much, because mm-hmm. I think that we've normalized them. Sure, they've just become acceptable. And I think one of the biggest things that I see, and I know I know I've been guilty of it at times. I'm going to guess we all probably have, mm-hmm. is grumbling. Right.
1: Whatever do you mean?
0: That yeah, exactly. I mean because that's not really a big deal. is nah, That's it? not a big deal. I mean, just blowing off a little steam. Not a big deal. I mean. My reason I'm even saying this is legit, right? I and mean, it didn't go my way. That that was wrong. I, I should be able to complain about that. Well, it's real easy, I think, for me and maybe you too to kind of find a reason to excuse mm-hmm. my bad attitude or my grumbling or whatever. But, man, I, I think... Uh, when we look at what Scripture has to say, we realize that Jesus actually talked about grumbling. Yep. In fact, he, in the book of John, said, don't grumble amongst yourselves. And, like, that's a pretty direct statement right there.
1: And when he goes back to is, the Israelites when they were in the wilderness and he talks about their grumbling against the Lord, grumbling against Moses, you know they sounded a lot like we do oh, we've got this manna again, and we don't want manna. And, and they even come out and say, why don't you just take us back to Egypt? Yeah. Like, that's the grumbling, the constant, incessant. <laughs> you really want to look at this one?
0: Why are you laughing?
1: <laughs> because as we look at this article, you know why I'm laughing. I do. <laughs> as we look at this article put together, and we've put it on our Facebook page, dotted Steve of the Morning, this this one, I think, is probably as insidious as any of them because of this work ethic that we've grown up with. hmm Right?
0: <laughs> Am I right?
1: We've been told work hard. I,
0: yeah, that's true. Which is true. Which is true.
1: Yeah. Give your best as unto the Lord.
0: Uh, which is absolutely right. And, uh-huh. you know, Scripture talks about the fact that work hard while it is still day because uh-huh. night is coming uh-huh. when you can no longer do that work anymore.
1: Is that spiritual work or physical?
0: Well, uh, I mean, I th- I think should we distinguish between the two?
1: Um n- yes and no, no and yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. It,
0: yeah. So it's
1: the Sunday through Saturday life that we live here.
0: It, it is. Right. For most of us it is very easy to fall into that, you know, 24/7 365, always on the clock, always got to be available, always got to be, you know, there to jump in and and do whatever, but man that sin of overworking mm-hmm. or being a workaholic can look really good. It can. I mean, it looks like diligence to others. It looks like perseverance and hard work and there there can be and those can be good things to be diligent and to persevere mm-hmm. and to, to strive hard to do your best, good thing. But I think the the deeper question is what's motivating that or what's driving that? Oh. You know, is it the fact that well, it's all up to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've got to do this
1: mm-hmm.
0: because if I don't, nothing. nobody else is going to do it and it's not going to get done. So it, it, it lands on me or is it, I don't trust God to meet my need, to supply all that I need. So I better go out and work really, really hard and make a bunch of money because there's a certain lifestyle to which I either want or I don't trust God to provide what I need and that is what's motivating or driving that. Hmm. So I think when we look at the busyness, one of the bigger things is to say, okay, what's driving that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What, what is motivating? Is that a, I'm going to pour myself out and run hard for the sake of the gospel, relying on Christ as I do it? Or am I doing this with me motivations behind it?
1: yeah underlying motives and yet the lord said many many times to come away to a desolate place and rest a while come away he even gave the sabbath to right. israel like back before jesus like there was a whole day and it was for man man was not created for the sabbath but sabbath for man mm-hmm. this is a struggle i think for each person unless you have built in the rhythm of knowing what it means to rest in the Lord not laziness he he guard right. he said we have to guard against laziness and slothfulness and all of those things and yet there is that workaholic if you will that also we have to be aware of and repenting of respectable sins as we're talking about these things that we just may have so normalized that we think God is winking at them repenting of them is the First thing, as we're convicted of them by the Spirit of God, it has nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with you, Steve, as far as having the conversation. And it's not to please someone else in your life, but it is to please the one who has redeemed you. Yeah.
0: This uh, article that we're talking about here this morning, if you want to maybe go a little bit deeper, yeah. you read, want to read the whole thing, we'll put that on the Facebook page, Don and Steve in the Morning, and you're going to find it right there as we think a little bit about those sins that maybe we just kind of turn a blind eye to, or we've normalized them so much that we just think they're acceptable, almost respectable. But maybe these are the things that God wants us to think about, reflect on as he continues to work and conform us more into the image of Christ. Well, have you uh, been following sports while you much? I know you were in India last week. You've not been feeling great this week. There's so Kinda much
1: downed I'm behind on. Down <laughs> and out a little
0: bit. You know, this is the, the time of year where we have so much attention focused on the world of football. I understand why. Sure. I mean, we just came through the uh, championship playoff games here. We've got the Super Bowl coming up in uh, a little more than a week from right now. And all sorts of football talk and stories and all that is going to be coming out. But the other smaller story, but is becoming a big one that I think is kind of fun to watch, is what's happening in the world of women's collegiate basketball right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, Caitlin Clark... Plays for the University of Iowa, and maybe it's on my radar screen just a little bit more than the average person there it is. because she is an Iowa Hawkeye. Yeah. But best maybe. player, best player in the game right now, uh-huh. and she is uh, su- setting record after record. Last night, she became the uh, second leading women's basketball playing s- uh, scorer of all time. Wow! And so she's on pace to take over that number one slot before the end of the season. But the other thing that is happening is she's raising the profile of women's basketball. Sure. Which is really kind of cool. Like, where they play in Iowa City at Carver Hawkeye Arena, that sold out a long time ago. All those games, ticket sales, they were gone um, back in August. Wow. Long before the season ever started, right? That's
1: saying something for women's basketball. Truly, it's saying something.
0: Now... Fans are paying hundreds, if not even thousands of dollars to watch her on the road. And they're selling out the road games, too, because she is uh, just kind of one of those anomaly type players. Sure. People who stand out and they're they're like, yeah, this is a special player.
1: Move over Kentucky basketball. That's right. Here comes Caitlin Clark. That's pretty cool because we get that being Kentucky fans. My husband and I both born and raised in Kentucky. So following the Wildcats for years, like since we were kids with our families, we been tried to get tickets when the cats came to Vanderbilt here in Nashville. And they were over a hundred dollars. And I said, just wait if you want to go see Vandy play. Then when they play a different team and he was like, yeah, I think it's Texas A&M that's coming in after tickets go down to sixteen sure, right? dollars. So it's that kind of thing for Caitlin. If you want to yep. see her, you're going to pay the big bucks. And then if you don't care to see Caitlin and you can just pay a normal price ticket. But we kind of understand that in our world. Are you ready for Hannah May to beat you in the Sweet Six or in the um, March Madness March tournament Banders. this year? Bring it on, Hannah May! <laughs> Hasn't she beaten you like two years in a row?
0: I think she has, actually. <laughs> That's yeah, my
1: favorite part of March Madness, which
0: it cracks me up because <laughs> I, you guys were kind enough to invite us into the May family pool. Uh huh. And Ben, who is probably the biggest, oh yeah, collegiate basketball fan out of all By of far. us, usually is. You know, not very high in the rankings.
1: Yeah, and right. He hates that
0: I, Right? It drives him nuts. And I get it. <laughs> I understand why Ben's making the picks oh, he's yeah. making. Uh-huh. I totally get it. Sometimes I throw a little caution to the wind. I'm like, oh, let's let's go with the crazy upset here. And every once in a while I kind of get lucky. Uh-huh. And I have done decently in the pool. But Hannah? Winning? I don't understand it.
1: Hannah has done the bracket since she was probably, I don't know, four years old. And she has either come close or won it more times than not. And that's what makes it so hilarious. In the worst upsets last year, Micah got. And Micah cares not a whit about any sport.
0: Oh, I imagine he cares even <laughs> less than Hannah does. He does. Yeah.
1: It's rather humorous. But that that will be for our March show for sure. But congratulations to your Iowa Hawkeyes. Yes. And Caitlin Clark will have to give you the nod where it is due. <laughs> Booty Radio.